What is going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's Pardon the Disruption, where everybody is fully prepared for the show today. I'm your host, Matthew Potter. Um, I am your short sale guy. I'm also your hedge fund connection and also co-owner of the family tree over at Real Brokerage. If any of those will help you out, by all means, reach out to me and let me know. We're going to go ahead and get into how we do things around here and then introduce our our esteemed guests that are here today. So the way that the show works, there are five pre-selected questions, which everybody got on the chain earlier today. And ultimately from there, what will happen is everybody gets 45 seconds. They're going to go ahead and answer. And then there's two minutes to chop it up. There will be a sixth question, and that one's going to come from our audience. So by all means, comment on YouTube, get in there on Instagram, and you can also text us to 33777-QUESTION and have it featured on the show. We're going to go ahead and get into it and start introducing people. We're just going to start out with RJ Bates down in Fort Worth, Texas. Go ahead and introduce yourself. What's up, guys? RJ Bates III here. I'm excited to be back for another week of Pardon the Disruption. Um, I'm sporting my TTP shirt in honor of Mr. Daniels. Uh, he was on the Titanium Vault this past week. Awesome guy, awesome interview. Check that out. And uh, also, after we're done, you check out the 50 deals in 50 states in 50 days that we're currently doing live on YouTube. Just search RJ Bates the third. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. As always, RJ, we do appreciate it. Next up, we have Steve Trang. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I just want to point out a couple of things. First, I want to applaud RJ for actually practicing how to say his the name of his show beforehand. I think that was phenomenal. Second, wow. I'm sure it's just a major coincidence that he's wearing a TTP shirt and Brent Daniels is the judge for Closest Olympics. I'm sure it's just a massive coincidence. It's no big deal, right? Um, so Perfect score. Again, Steve Trang, Real Estate Disruptors. We just launched our sales community yesterday, salesdisruptors.com. You'll get anything you'll ever need to get good at sales inside our community. Go to salesdisruptors.com. Absolutely. Super excited about that launch, Steve. Uh, all the success on that. Next up, we have coming from downtown York, Pennsylvania, Eric Brewer. <laughs> I could hear the envy in your voice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Eric Brewer, uh, out of, like Potter said, uh, the outskirts, the suburbs, I'm more of a suburb guy at this point in my life in, in York, PA. Um, and uh, I do not, uh, unlike RJ, don't have a podcast, which means I have exactly three less viewers than he does. <laughs> um, so I'll get to work on that. I think by 4.15 Central Time, I will surpass his total views. Um, I'm just going to actually turn on my Facebook live and stuff my phone in my glove box and I'll get at least 10 times more views than, than he did. So just excited to be here. A little nervous about not knowing the questions, which is not as bad as CJ. He doesn't know the answer to the question. So I think I still have the upper hand. Um, so we'll just roll with it. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. As always, glad to have you back. Uh, congratulations to you and your uh, wife on the birth of your son as Thank well you. while you were Appreciate gone. Um, last but certainly not least, coming to us with that crispy internet this week, we have Chris C.J. Jefferson out of Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, no, Chris Jefferson, Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> it's uh, it's good look. It's good to be back. I missed last week, Potter. Good to see you, Steve. We spoke yesterday. Uh, R.J., I'm loving the the podcast setup you've got for. 50 deals, 50 days, 50 states. Uh, it's, it's eccentric. I like it. It's a good look for you. Um, you know, uh, EB, the top of your head is always... Uh, <laughs> is uh, Crispy as well. Crispy as <laughs> well, my brother. It looks good on you, man. You got mango butter on the top of your head. It looks good. That's Let's cocoa butter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Awesome, awesome. Real quick, before we get into it, I did want to give a shout out to our sponsor we have tony javier with 10x tv that's tv with tony.com go ahead and check them out for all of your tv advertisement needs let's go ahead and get into it with our first question this week for anybody that's been living under a rock uh john morant is one of our favorite people to talk about so here we go like john morant's situation in memphis how would you handle a top talent continuously breaking company policies start us off rj with your insight i'm gonna start 
by saying uh, it's nice that Chris Jefferson can finally afford good internet after he bought a deal from Titanium Investments. That's what happens. Um, speaking of Chris Jefferson, I want to go back a couple of weeks when we talked about John Morant. When I brought this up, I said the Memphis Grizzlies <laughs> should trade John Morant while there was still some trade value there. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, everyone on this panel – Thank you, Eric, for showing up this week so you could be a part of this conversation. Said I was absolutely insane. Listen, if you have a top talent that is going out and acting like a complete moron like John Morant, you have to move on. You cannot let – the organization has to be bigger than one individual player, and that's what happened here. They chose to get rid of – what was his name? Dylan Brooks, whatever, because he trash-talked and did whatever – they made a mistake. They didn't realize the issue here was their leader, their top talent, John Morant. He needed to go back then, and they should have gotten something for him when they could. Now they're stuck with the cancer. I don't know what they're going to do. As far as an organization, a business goes, you've got to cut ties from people that are cancers to your organization and get rid of them as quickly as possible. That is well thought out insight. And yes, we've pulled up footage. It looks like RJ is speaking all truth, no lies. Next up, Steve, what are you doing with top talent that is continuously breaking company policies? Getting rid of them or getting rid of them. There's, As far as an organization goes, there's just no room for people that don't follow the rules. We've tried it for a very long time. You know, we've talked about Mavericks, uh, PI. Um, they're... They're great in smaller organizations, right? Like you need talented individuals who are naturally gifted uh, in sales. Works great when you get one salesperson, two salespeople. Once you start growing, you need people that are committed to the team and put the team ahead of them. We need people that will follow policies, procedures, expectations, and so on. Uh, if you're going to continue breaking company policy, it's really simple, right? Like you've decided, you decided, you don't, you no longer want to be a part of our organization. So. For me, this is a pretty clear cut. NBA, we'll talk about that after after everyone goes. I feel personally attacked here, Steve. Just want to go ahead and throw that out there. All right, Eric, what about we you? We promoted what are you, you to host. Yeah, out of sales. Steve, out of sales over. and into host. Turns <laughs> over. Um, well, yeah, I'm a big Snickers fan, so I'm going to uh, put some good energy out there. I hope we sign J.J. Reddick as our next coach. And he had an interesting take on this, which at first I was – against and he said john moran hasn't broken any laws and I, I i and i'd love to see where is this rule you, we're clear that you can't own a firearm if you play for the memphis grizzlies or nba i don't think that's the case um he pointed out the fact that like the i don't know the the, the governor um of texas or something sent out postcards or mailers with him holding a rifle on it so he's publicly putting out images of him holding a weapon openly supports, um, you know, owning. So generally I disagree. Listen, it's, it's very difficult to say that it was done in good taste. It, it is a horrible PR move, but I don't know that the, the ground rules have been made clear about what's permitted and what's not. I think he clearly has overstepped the bounds, but I think the NBA has to go back and be more clear about the stance they're going to take on, on having clear, precise rules the guy is allowed to own a firearm he's an adult there's an open carry where he was in uh, memphis or wherever he was and i think there's an issue there that needs to be addressed um it feels wrong to me but i think they could be overstepping way to play devil's advocate on this one eb we we appreciate it i, I like that insight all right cj what are your thoughts on this one Look, I think top talent is always a tough squeeze. Uh, you know, obviously the, the situation with John Morant, I was talking to my girl about this, right? Like it doesn't reflect well. Uh, it's a tough situation. But I think when you have top talent as far as breaking, breaking company policies, uh, I mean, I think ultimately you're required to do two things as a leader. I think one, you're, you're responsible to cut ties, move that person along. But I think also two in that process, it's worth having a conversation and trying to educate them uh, from a place of more experience, a place as a leader, show them and, and educate them on where they did wrong if they're receptive to it um you know acknowledge that you know maybe they made a mistake maybe they did not uh, but there's no place for it in your organization hopefully they can take those lessons as they move forward in business and life what have you and make those adjustments uh, as far as jarman rant 
disappointing the guy, man. I think he made a grave mistake. I know I get Eric's point. I understand what Eric's saying, but I, ultimately I think the issue here is, is that uh, as African-American, John Moran is representative to a lot of people that look like me, a lot of young kids that look like me. And at the end of the day, man, his behavior is just not reflective uh, of what, uh, you know, this is really all about, which is him being an athlete, him, him being a representative of an organization. Uh, and it seems that he's just not taking that serious. Uh, and I think that's cause for concern and definitely cause for a trade. I just want to be clear here. Eric said that uh, we need to get rid of Dylan Brooks if he trash talks the King. But, uh, you know, if you go on IG Live, it's okay to be waving guns around because that's not breaking a law. You clearly have me confused. I've never said anybody shouldn't. Actually, I support every trash talker to LeBron. <laughs> I, I'll send him. A, I would personally sponsor him as an athlete. He would, I don't even know if he can get NIL money. Integrity first home buyers on that jersey. Yes. <laughs> His, he, he would trade in that DB necklace. It would be IFHB necklace, slightly bigger than the one that he had. Because that shit was whack. But, um, yeah, I, I listen, I. I don't uh I'm not saying I, I don't think the guy should be traded or, or penalized and I wouldn't want him near my organization. I think JJ just has a good point. Um and again, if you listen to what he says, he's not saying I, I condone it, it's clearly wrong. The kid needs some guidance and some help, and he's got to surround himself with better people. It's a classic example. If you hang around with five losers, you'll be the sixth. Like that instant, he didn't think he was gonna be on camera, he didn't attempt to. He's riding around with other 22-year-old kids with a bunch of money, enjoying life, and that kid turns his phone around, and he happened to be – they all do it. Everybody does it. I know we hold them to a higher standard, but he's three years removed, four years removed from having no money, having no supervision, and being able to do whatever he wants with no consequences. It's it's just a tough situation, man. I, but the I don't, part I don't about think... expectations being unclear, though, I mean, he had an eight-game suspension. Like, how how much clearer could it be, right? And it's not just the Grizzlies. It's the NBA, right? They, have, they run a business, yeah. and with that business, they need to have a certain uh, presentation, right? Like, this all started – not all started – this was like when we were kids, right? Charles Barkley, I'm not, I'm not your role model, exactly. right? Like, that was his position. Um, but Barkley was just, he was fighting people and he was throwing people out of <laughs> through glass windows. Um, but the, they want to not have this image, which is basically going back to, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago with the jailblazers, right? Like an image of thugs. They want to move away from it. And they had a game suspension to make that message clear. And he didn't learn that lesson. So I don't know what, how much more clarity he needs, uh, in, I, mean, in, I think it's difficult in, in to say that some form of punishment makes the the rules clear. I mean that that, that it's a trick. Yeah, six hundred thousand dollars to think about it. But why did he? Sure why did he apologize the first time he did it if he was going to turn around and do it a month later? Because someone. <laughs> well, he didn't. He didn't anticipate getting caught, right? Yeah. But regardless, I think the the point here is this. As you ascend to different places, especially publicly, this is something I've even struggled with myself. There's just certain responsibilities ultimately that come with that, especially if you're a representative as an employee of a business. So, you know, same thing that Chuck said back in the day, hey, I'm not a role model. The reality of it is, you know, unfortunately and fortunately, I guess you don't get to choose when you're a role model. Uh, when you ascend to different levels in life, it just becomes a personal responsibility and I, I get that that's tough, but I think that Jaws got to sit his hat on this and, and he's got to deal with and it. And he's one of the best role models today, Charles Barkley, right? What he's doing right now, I think he's doing wonderful things. But can you just imagine right now, uh, Chris comes into town, we're driving around, and I go IG live and I <laughs> flip it around and Chris is over here with a block just scratching his head. That'd be RJ, man. He'd be in there with a shield, <laughs> a shield of axe. In a bow and arrow. No, RJ would have his <laughs> rifle. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll it around. And RJ's scratching his head with with an Crossbow. AR, <laughs> and with a when Viking you, helmet on. It says titanium and a nail through his nose. But listen, when you sign a quarter of a billion dollar contract, you have automatically signed up to be a role model. Like that's what you're getting paid for. I mean, you are the leader. You are the cornerstone of your franchise. You are a. a role model to all of the children that watch you i'm sorry he's got to elevate he's got to mature i mean he wanted to get paid what he's getting paid 
you got to get over yourself, bro. I mean, this is this is real life. You can't be going around rolling around. I, open carry or whatnot, it's still not okay for you to be waving guns around like that. All right. That one definitely didn't disappoint. And one other thing to point out that was brought up in our chat by Larry is that NBA rules do prohibit a player from possessing a firearm when traveling on NBA-related business, which apparently this was considered. So something to no, consider. Off-season. He wasn't Shout out NBA to Larry, related. man. Shout out to Larry. In-house it's attorney is always good. <laughs> Absolutely. So that being said, this round is <clears> – <throat> It is going to go to RJ Bates for pretty much, you know, answering this one actually two weeks ago. That being said, everybody br- brought a great point, uh, as always, except for Eric. But, doing, you know, yeah. Eric will do better on the next one. I'm, I'm sure of it. So next up, we have <laughs> what would you tell the 79% of Americans who think now is not a good time to buy a, or own a home? What are you going to tell them? Start us off, RJ. Well, I mean, this is an entire panel of real estate investors. So obviously we're going to tell them that we disagree and it's always a good time to own real estate. I think if you're fearful that it's because of a recession that's coming or anything like that, you can go back in the course of time and see that we always recover and the, the values continue to go up. I, I also think that this is a clear cut sign to those of us that are real estate investors that there's going to be a massive opportunity. Someone has to own these. Someone, the housing, the demand for the housing is always going to be there. And this is clearly showing that more and more people are wanting to walk away from being the owners of that real estate, which means there's just more and more opportunity for us to come in and get good deals. Very good. Very good. Uh, those are actually very well thought out, uh, points there, RJ, uh, RJ's bringing the heat today. All right, Steve, what about you? I think, what the hell? <laughs> um, I think that at the end of the day, right, you're always going to need a place to live. And much like what RJ said, values don't go down in the long term. So for the, I read the article and they were saying like, yeah, we think value is going to go up. So now it's not a good time to buy, but they also believe value is going to go up. I don't understand who they're interviewing exactly, right? But if you believe value is going to go up, there's no reason right now not to buy a house. But that being said, I think buying a house is never about, um, how would I put it? I guess just like what I was saying earlier, you need a place to live. It doesn't make sense to worry about whether prices are going to go up or going to go down because if you rent, it doesn't matter if prices go up or going to go down. You're buying this for you, for having a home, it just it seems insane to me that this is even really a question if you're considering renting or owning. There's so many advantages to owning a house. Steve, I have insider knowledge that 98% of the people that filled this out were from San Francisco. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. All right, Eric, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, two real estate investors answered that question as a real estate investor. And I'm going to imagine that a large portion of those 79% of people aren't real estate investors. So I think everybody, and if you think about like the, the, the variety of demographics across the, the people that they surveyed, um, I think each person should make their own decision about when the right time to buy a house is. Listen, there's a lot of advantages to renting. You can move every 12 months if you decide. You can work virtually, right? You can um, do a lot of things, um, and have a lot of freedom that you don't have if you own a home. Right. And you can say, well, you can rent it, but then now you became an accidental landlord. So I think the right time to buy a home is whenever your personal situation deems that it's appropriate and you feel comfortable and you have the financial, um, capacity to be able to weather a little bit of a storm. Um, because most people aren't going to keep their house for 25 years, let's face it. So the fact that it's just going to go up in value only matters to investors, not to the average American. Interesting take, Eric. Interesting. All right, CJ, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all answer to the question. Uh, I tend to agree with Eric on this as well. Um, you know, Ultimately, I think the time to buy a house is when you've got an actual plan. Uh, I think we've kind of got fixated since the Great Recession from a retail perspective on this HGTV concept. Everybody wants a brand new house. Everybody wants a renovated home. Everybody's paying top of market as people traditionally do 
in retail when they buy homes at any point in the market. But I think people need clear cut plans before they buy homes. You know, can you really afford the asset? Are you really purchasing at a price that makes sense for yourself? Are you maybe buying in an area that based on the cycle that we're in in the market has future appreciation value that can get you a return because you know you're not going to hold it for 25 years. But there's a lot of people in the last 10 years that in, in three, five year, two years first have been able to create considerable equity and value in their homes and make, you know, transformational wealth for their families. <clears throat> so I just think it just depends on timing for each individual. And I think it just comes up to people's individual plans on what makes sense for them in their life. So I think, you know, the time to like buy a house, right? Like I have people like, when's the right time to buy a house? And, and I, I answer the same way as when's the right time to get married? When's the time to quit your job and start a business? When's the right time to have kids? There's no perfect timing, right? Like you got, if you want to buy a house, go buy a house, go figure out a way to buy a house. That's the right time to buy a house. I would venture to guess if you go, you know, survey the public, I don't know who Gallup is serving exactly. Right. But if you had the option to rent or buy, I can't imagine that many people that are saying that I would choose to rent, right? If I can afford to buy, if I can qualify, if I have the down payment, all these other things, it doesn't, I don't know. I just feel like there's something missing inside that survey. Well, I think, I think it's a fair point, but I think a lot of people, or oh, I know, I know a lot of people lack education around the home buying process. A lot of people don't know what the FICO requirements really are. I mean, they're actually significantly low. I mean, surprisingly low on buying a home. A lot of people aren't educated on all the different programs that are out here that people that can utilize to be able to properly buy a home as well. Uh, and so I think sometimes when these surveys take place, there's probably just an overall lack of education if they're surveying non-real estate investors or agents and things of that nature. Um, so really there just needs to be more overall education from a retail standpoint of how people can take advantage of home ownership because let's face it, I mean, this is still, I think, the the transformative way to create wealth for the average everyday American is through home ownership, and that takes education and planning. I strongly I that, disagree. DJ, I, mean, I, strongly I think disagree. when you look at it as trying to explain to them that this is a, a way to, to Eric's point, yeah, maybe they're not going to own the property for 25 years, but there's still an opportunity for you to see a significant amount of increase in your, your personal net worth over five to six years. Um, I, I think the, the thing that we might be missing here is, is that younger people that might've been pulled in this are seeing opportunities to invest in other things besides real estate. And maybe that's where they're seeing, maybe this is a, this is the future. This is a safer route than what could potentially be coming because we're going to see it in our next question where this has been rising for so long. Maybe we are at the peak of a bubble. So Chris, going back to your point, you say there's there needs to be more education. I strongly disagree. There is so much information out there, right? Like there are a lot of realtors posting content on YouTube about how to get qualified for buying, buying a home. It's not that they need more information. It's a general awareness, right? And I think a lot of that comes down to culturally, right? I think that, you know, talking back to what Eric was saying a moment ago, you know, your average of the five people that you surround yourself with, I think culturally, we just need to do a better job as a country to educate people that they have options but not necessarily educate them on the house buying process exactly because that information is out there. If, and if fairness to Chris, I think he was talking about RJ not having much education in regards to things <laughs> like housing and FICO scores. And, you know, it's at least that it was, was a one on one. Well, yeah, maybe it's, it was maybe one on one time. Double, maybe it's yeah. a double entendre, but yeah, Steve, shout out double entendre. Yeah, I think, Steve, that could be perhaps in your world. As an investor, as a professional, as somebody who had a white collar job before you got into real estate, sure, I think you can make a fair statement from your bubble, your world, your perspective. That's just just not real what you're saying, bro. There's, like a, peop there's people regardless of race, regard regardless of color. This is an income issue. And the large portion of Americans are lower class or lower middle class. That's just the reality of it. And a bunch of people that are in middle class that are really lower class, they just don't know it yet. But that's a different Shout out to Shout out to Steve for knowing how to Google. And uh, I love how Eric is talking <laughs> trash when he's literally in a market where he buys $5,000 shit boxes talking about how <laughs> I You do. I didn't return your call. You spent two hours of your FICO life scores. working a lead and you don't even have a contract yet, you losers. My FICO score is higher than the average price per house you buy. 
Well, hold on, hold on, Congratulations hold on, hold on. on your 590. <laughs> that's a tough, that's a tough to have. But so the issue in lack of education, though, the issue in lack of education, what I say on the home buying process, everybody knows an agent. I think that that's a fair statement. Everybody knows someone who's a realtor. But most of the people who know a realtor, the realtor doesn't even do any significant business. They don't have any significant education on housing, housing products, loan products. There's a lack of understanding around that. And, and unfortunately, people, Steve, you're an educator, so you know this. Look, if, if every question somebody asked me as an educator, they Googled. I mean, come on, man. I'd, I'd have less stuff to talk about. But that's just not how everybody functions. It's true. But I was just saying we don't need more information. We need resourceful, resourcefulness, right? But anyway. That's fair. I would love to have, I would love yeah, to have this conversation have to with you, Chris. Have to be resourceful. At, a later, at a later time. Let's do it. Y yeah, dude, I'd like to see this one go deeper. Uh, that being said, to Steve's point, I pause. think every no, no pause. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm done with Brewer already. We're on question two. Um, so point point that round. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and um, let's go ahead and go to the uh, to the chat. We got uh, 15 votes. We're gonna give that one up to CJ. All right, CJ, good job. Hey, my man. Tell we me all you know that paying attention without telling me you weren't paying attention. We're gonna go to the old chat. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, dude, was go his his grinder notification went off mid question. Go, I completely go. distracted. Go, uh. you know, you know what, Brewer? Go ahead, and go buy another house on on your credit card, bro. Come on now. <laughs> um, ne next up, we have how should investors be preparing for. And I quote, billionaire investor Stanley Druckenmiller, his warning of this is probably the biggest and broadest asset bubble that we've ever been in. Go ahead and start us off, CJ. Yeah, I, I think from all perspectives at the moment, that, that seems likely accurate. I think apartment investing is taking a hit right now as far as multifamily. I think office space is taking a hit significantly right now. Uh, this whole go back to work thing, that crashed and burned, that didn't work, right? Uh, a lot of these companies are sending people back one day a week. Uh, so, you know, could this bubble that, that pops uh, be pretty broad? I think that maybe that is what we're seeing at the moment. How an investor should work through that? You know, look, I know how I'm working through it. And that's that's moving off debt that doesn't have a ton of equity. Uh, stuff that you bought that was kind of lean at the moment, that cash flowed. Uh, you know, dumping that stuff off. And, you know, and we've been doing that for the last 24 months. Uh, getting into things, you know, we're still actively buying. Uh, but, you know, those things we're getting into, we're trying to get into assets that we can be in and out of in 90 to 120 days or less uh, to try to stay lean, make sure they've got enough equity in it. I think if your your purchase parameters as an investor are the same today as they were 24 months ago, you're not running a smooth business right now. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Next up, RJ, what about you? What are you doing with the broadest asset bubble? I think uh, what we're looking at is is there's uh, certain areas where this is a serious concern, and it's because we've been we've been pushing the barometer so hard over the the past decade or so. I mean, and anybody that's a billionaire, you can't just wipe off their opinion and just say, "Hey, you know, I disagree with it." I I think we have to take this and uh, really think about what he's saying here. Um, I. I from a real estate perspective, I do think that there are going to be certain markets that are are going to have some significant issues moving forward in the future. Um, we saw that back in you know 2008, 2009 in Phoenix and Vegas. And then we've seen the rise of those assets. Could we potentially be looking at another thing where, hey, Phoenix values are going to plummet. Uh, Vegas values are going to plummet, possibly. No, you're good. You're you're good. Go ahead and finish, RJ. We're gonna. No, it's okay. Up. I'll just I'll just correct Eric when he's done here in a second. That's that sounds good. He's not going to use his time for anything good, anyways. All right. Next up, Steve. Uh, I think the answer to this question it would be pretty consistent with the answers to other questions we've had about the bank failures as well as the interest rates and this and that. I have to have a lot. You you want to get as much cash in a bank as possible, and you want to get in and out on deals as quickly as possible, right? So. You want to have, I mean, ideally six months, if no deals, you can still fund all operations. I think it's a pretty lofty goal for most of us. Uh, you can get to six months, which I'm not anywhere close to that, right? Um, if you can get to six months of cash reserves, get in and out intentionally, I think you're going to be fine. I think that's how you plan to invest uh, in, in this upcoming 
uh, bubble, right? I think that uh, we do a lot. Our our income is based entirely on doing transactions. So we still need to do transactions. So running as lean as you can, having a bunch of money in the bank and getting in and out as quickly as possible. That's how I plan to prepare for this as well as any other future crisis. Good insight, Steve. Good insight. All right. Next up, we have Eric. Bring something good this time, please. I'll do more fast. I, I think if you look, look at the, the heading of the article when I was reading through it just now, actually, I just naturally scroll past all these other asset classes. That's that's of no concern of mine. Like, I don't care what crypto is doing. I don't really care about AI at this point. Um, and I go right down to real estate and he goes, he has a very different take on single family housing. And he talks about the massive shortage. And quite frankly, as he indicates, if everything else goes bad, move your money into housing. It's exactly, I mean, it's precisely what the guy says in the article. So for my lane, I live in single family housing. I'm not in office. I'm not in commercial. I don't do really short term rentals. Um, I feel pretty secure where I am. I think Steve gave some some decent advice about um, you know, six months reserves, not being over leveraged. And then I would defer to two books, read great by choice by Jim Collins and how the mighty fall. Those two books will give you the framework you need to not be part of the bubble. I'd feel pretty secure too. If I were Eric, I mean, 10% reduction, you know, his property value goes from 5,000 down to 4,500. I think you're okay. I mean, <laughs> by the way, RJ's in, he's in the basement of one of my $5,800 homes right now. It's the, the least nicest part of the, it's 400 square feet. He's been down there with like one foot long Italian sub for. Let's get that bread. <laughs> yeah. Like my man's down there with some rations and like a rifle and uh, probably shoot a squirrel after this for a snack when he's done. But um, listen, I, we, we do just fine here in um, and no one has said affordable housing yet. And we're almost 40 minutes into this. So <laughs> oh, it's I'd, love coming. Be, I'd love to be the first uh, shout out affordable housing. It's coming, baby. Shout out, shout out affordable housing. Whoop, whoop. Uh, you know, there are, to, to RJ's point, look, I've never been to York PA. I probably never go into York PA unless Eric asked me to. Uh, and then even then I could be hesitant. Uh, oh, dude. I, don't, I, don't know what's, I don't know what's going on up there. I got to look Come at on. the crime reports. And all those if there things. was something going on, you would know about it. There it is. There it is. And that shout out to John Moran as well. So look, here's here's the deal. <laughs> there are markets to to Eric or RJ's point. There are markets that will see less reduction uh, based on price point. You have some of these markets, especially in the Midwest, some of these smaller cities, uh, where the majority of housing is cash flow housing is what I look at it as, uh, where it's not fix and flip properties. It's not they didn't see vast appreciation in the market. Uh, their cash flow products. I think those markets will be less hit uh, than, you know, look at Phoenix, Arizona. I was looking at data on Phoenix, Arizona the other week. I mean, it looks like somebody came into Phoenix with a sledgehammer and uh, and, and hit the market out there, right? So I, Jokic, I think you're welcome. Jokic did that. <laughs> so I think it just depends on where you're at, uh, you know, what your perspective on this might be. So Eric is right for him, but that could be different for somebody else as an investor. I'm, I'm sorry, did you just literally repeat my answer and then claim it as your own and then give credit to Eric? <laughs> No, nah, I, well, well, I gave you credit. I gave you credit. Look, I, one, thing I, one thing I saw when I was doing research as well is that um, in the basement that RJ's in, in that particular school district, it, <laughs> they just, you know, the reading comprehension <laughs> test scores, man, they just don't hit, they just don't hit strong. All RJ right, had so a I, good point with Phoenix, Arizona. Let's go ahead and quote that. No, no, no surprise that the guy with the lowest FICA score on the panel is asking for credit. <laughs> and, 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 and surprise, surprise, he's not going to get extended the credit he wants. It's like, RJ, you've been here before, bro. You should know how this works, right? <laughs> oh. oh, man, that that's outstanding. I'm very happy with this uh, with, with this round. I am going to go ahead and throw this one to uh, Brewer. And the main reason why is even though he actually read it three seconds before he answered I did the exact same thing when this article was sent to me earlier today by a colleague. And I was like, uh, you're making a case for actually real estate is probably going to be your best and safest hedge against what what's occurring. So yeah. good job, Eric. We're really glad that you got Thank your you. head in the game. Um, appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. We're going to toss it over to Steve real quick for a word from our sponsors. Whoops. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I'm what done with the board today. Nope, no works. Right. That's the right. There you go. That's the there appropriate intro. Yeah. FireMatthewPotter.com. This is this is it right here. It's higher, <laughs> not fire. Higher. Yeah. Yo. So the sponsor for today's show is 10X TV with uh, or TV with Tony.com. Do you want to get inbound leads calling you and get celebrity status in your market? Look no further than Tony Javier's 10X TV. Tony has been doing TV commercials to find consistent, motivated sellers for over a decade. It is one of the things that has allowed him to do over a thousand flips. He'll use his proven TV commercial formula to get high quality leads calling you and even set it up for you. Get in front of 10 times more people, 10 times faster, 10 times cheaper with 10 times more credibility than any other marketing channel. Surprisingly, TV has little to no competition and can get you a steady flow of motivated seller leads. If you want to see why over 100 real estate investors use Tony to run their TV commercials, go to tvwithtony.com to see if there's a spot available in your market. Again, go to tvwithtony.com. There we go. We got the right sound this time. Shout out to Tony. (laughs) Exactly. Shout out to Tony on that. Thank you. All right. Next up, just like Guardians of the Galaxy is about a group of heroes who is the group leader of PTD? Start us off, Eric. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> this is horrible. Um, can I pass? Nope. So I have to give some, I either have to be an egomaniac or give one of these scrubs a compliment. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could throw Leon and Jimmy V in here as well. I mean, <laughs> That's what I meant. I pass. Um, I'd have to like at this. If you just went to the scorecard, um, it'd have to be between CJ and RJ. Um, and I would probably go with RJ. Um, the Wi-Fi was the tiebreaker. Um, like there's got to be like there just has to. It was it was close, but I'd have to go with RJ. Shout out to Crispy Internet today from CJ. We love it. All right, CJ, what about you? Uh, look, I, I, one, I've never seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, you know, I I assume it's like one of these Marvel situations. Um, I, I, is, that, is that not right? I would say that everybody up here in their own right, uh, I'd say I was the most handsome for sure. Um, I'd say that, uh, everybody else up here certainly looks like a guardian of the galaxy from a quick Google search. Uh, they look like one of the characters for sure. Uh, I don't know who I'd assign to who yet, uh, in terms of, uh, leadership, um, man, that's really, that's really tough. I don't know that I'd give it to, to actually, I might give this to Steve. I think, I, I think I give leadership to Steve. Uh, he let us do drugs in the office. Um, <laughs> You know, so that's fair. Uh, he wouldn't trade us from the organization if we fucked up. Um, I think that I think that's fair as well. Uh, and he let me and he let me drive the Tessie, uh, so that you know I could work for him and and wear you know nice clothes and go to the bar and uh, hand out my business card and pick up business on behalf of the company. Uh, so I, I think I'd extend leadership uh, to to Mr. Train. Outstanding. Outstanding. All right. Next up, RJ, what about you? Who's the leader? So we're just going to run down the entire roster here uh, to determine (laughs) what we can do. Uh, Eric, we got to start off with him. And really, he's he's Drax. I mean, he says stuff and he's serious. And it's just so dumbfoundingly stupid. But you you laugh, but he's serious about it. So he's Drax. Steve is Rocket Raccoon. I mean, there's a little bit of leadership, but he's just really annoying, and you kind of want him to just shut up most of the time. Uh, Potter is like Gamora, silent assassin, you know, just kind of walks around, plays the little sounds behind the scenes. And then we got CJ, okay? CJ's grouped. He just repeats himself <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> Affordable housing. Affordable housing. <laughs> Every week. And so that leaves me. I'm Star-Lord. I'm the best looking and uh, clearly the egomaniac here. So that's why I'm the leader. All right. RJ, 
in true RJ fashion, has a vote for RJ. Fantastic. Yep. All right, Steve, what about you? Um, if we're going to go just by question, you know, leader of part in the disruption, I would say it'd either be myself or Elias, right, for leading it. Um, but I think if we're talking Shout about the panel. Shout out to Elias. If we're talking about the panel, I would say myself, just for, for putting this group together, identifying amazing talent, right? We got Jaw and RJ Bates, right? Um, so we, we're able to find the right talent to put together and then creating an environment for everyone to succeed. But we're just talking about, for this instance here, this particular show. But everyone here is also a tremendous leader, right? I think in their own right, Eric's got multiple organizations. He's been able to elevate himself, have multiple leaders within it. Uh, I get to look into his organization, you know, with great admiration. What Chris has been able to do with his community. I reached out to him. It's like, hey, I'm, start I'm starting my own community. Help me do what you've done. And RJ, I think if I ever want to learn how to like figure skate, like I think he is like the best. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you're rocking raccoon. Why did he stop talking? Seems but in all over. seriousness, in all seriousness, I think RJ always brings it. He always comes in the most informed uh, a, 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 on all these shows. Him and him and Leon. So I think, Does and, he yeah, <laughs> he sound nonsensical, but there's like meaning behind it. Like there's something behind there. Something that you just have to look really hard. Now, RJ does this thing I, I heard about a long time ago when I was a kid. And they said that uh, if you don't know nothing, grab the paper every day and just read the headlines. And then when people are having smart, intelligent conversations at work, they're talking about topics in depth, just come in and just scream the headline in the middle of the conversation and everybody will think you're smart. Shout out to RJ Bass the third. Listen, CJ, here's the thing. When people can't stop talking about you, that's like, that's one sign of being a leader because you're uh, always okay. looking at me. That's why the three of y'all follow me because you're always talking about what I'm talking about. See, mm -hmm. that's why you can't stop talking about me, CJ. That's why your job, nah. we love it. Nah, that's that. Who's Dylan Brooks? Oh, Eric uh, by far. Eric. <laughs> a in my mind, it's Eric. Oh. He'll just walk up and say, he'll just walk up and say stuff like, hey, Eric, I like your shirt today. And he'll say something completely unnecessary. Your mother. Just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, That's Eric. It's for more reasons than that, Steve. It's it's because he talks a lot of trash and he averages four and a half points and one rebound. That's the main reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I yeah. I wasn't quite Eric sure how this went next week. Nah, I just picture I just picture Brewer with hair and cornrows and a, and a, and a flared out beard, averaging averaging seven a game, thinking yeah, he's we, LeBron. No, that's hungry. We, that's we got out there just eating that's seven Shout a out game. To Dylan Brooks, man. Yeah, I'll bring some cornrows next week. I'll get it. You could glue them on there. I bet. Like, no, that was fucking hilarious. Man. Just braid RJ's beard and glue it to my head. <laughs> we definitely need to get the media team on that one. Um, that was an amazing round. Shout out to RJ Bates. You're gonna get the point on this one merely because you did the deep dive and named off everybody on there. Like, dude, you put your crew together. We appreciate Headline. that. Uh, absolutely yeah. so <laughs> two two things number one go ahead and comment in our chat for question number six let's go ahead and ask those questions to see what we're going to go ahead and discuss as our sixth question and real quick before we get to our next one going to shoot it over to steve for a word from our other sponsor today yeah just like what i was talking about earlier you know we launched a sales community um i brought ian ross here the guy is a very gifted salesperson as well as a sales trainer uh, you know i've had the opportunity to connect with a lot of different people and i just by pure luck been able to uh, connect with him and he subbed for me quite a bit while i was out of town out of the country uh and the reviews i got from our, our clients were outstanding so i know we picked the right person to lead our sales community so if you guys need help with sales uh, we have my, all everything i've ever recorded as far as coursework and live events inside our discord for 97 dollars a month It'd be insane not to take advantage of that. Have you ever thought about uh, checking out any of our, our sales education? So salesdisruptors.com, $97 a month. Uh, you'll you, Again, you'll have all the tools you'll need to be successful in sales. 
Fantastic. Thank you, Steve. We appreciate that. All right. Question number five. Here we go. Just like the Spurs obtained the first pick in the NBA draft and are potentially drafting Victor, I can't even pronounce it. Like, dude, I'm I'm gonna butcher it. How much are how much are you willing to give up for an unproven top talent? Go ahead and start us off, RJ. This is an interesting question because uh, I don't I don't think that I'm willing to give up a whole lot for an unproven talent there when it comes to to business. Um, but simultaneous to that, it, it was funny. In one of my calls this morning during my live, I was potentially going to buy this young lady's house. And then as the conversation continued to go, she sold me on herself and she wants to be a part of our team. And what I gave up was you can come to my two day boot camp and I'll teach you what you got. And that's going to be the interview process on a business side of things, though. When it comes to unproven talent, I don't think we should be giving up much because that talent should be flocking to you uh, similar to what happened today. So I, I just I don't know that I, I love the question in regards to the NBA, which, you know, we have to have multiple NBA questions. So it's better in NHL. So, yeah, calm down, calm down, figure skater. All right. Next up, Steve, what about you, boss? Um, I mean, I think in general, right, for the business context, unproven talent not a whole lot right if you don't have a track record a track record is incredibly valuable information to let us know whether how you're going to do here right if you don't have a track record how could we possibly guess how successful you're going to be as a recruiter and a person that has assessed a, a lot of talent throughout the years i can tell you there's one thing i'm god awful at and it's predicting how well someone's going to do i've had people come through as like this guy's going to be a rock star sucked I've had people come through. It's like, man, I don't know, but you know, let's just give them a shot, and they crushed, right? So, unproven top talent or unproven talent, I'm not willing to give a whole lot for unproven talent. It doesn't make a lot of sense as a business owner. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right, next up, go ahead and give us your thoughts on this, Brewer. Um, yeah, I think it's really hard to document what proven talent is. I think anybody that puts too much of an emphasis on experience and track record has no confidence in their ability to be able to mold and teach somebody. Um, so both of you lames that said you wouldn't do it can send the people that are talented that you can identify and lead my way. Um, also want to point out that once again, RJ was having a two-way conversation and the other person closed him not the other way around <laughs> uh, happens uh, quite a bit apparently. So um, listen, if you can't see that, that, that young man, whether it's unproven or not is, is a generational player. Um, you have no business being in the game. Um, I would sell, there's maybe a handful of untouchables in the league. If we're talking about that example that I wouldn't give up to get that young man. Um, I'm talking about, he's the greatest talent that ever has, has come across any professional sports. And I think anybody that's paying attention can see that. And as a leader, you got to be able to see unproven talent. Um, because let's face it, proven talents, not generally out there looking for opportunities. Um, so I have a tremendous amount of ability in our confidence to, to be able to mold unproven talent into proven talent. Like that perspective there, bro. I really do. All right, CJ. What are your thoughts? I'm in alignment with Eric, Ben. I mean, I, I think as, as coaches, as leaders, uh, I think it's our job to spot unproven talent. Sometimes I think that's the best talent. Uh, some people just have the intangibles. They have the things that it takes. Uh, sometimes they even have the things that they don't even realize. Sometimes you bump into somebody who's just got the gift of gab. They know how to have a conversation. They're charismatic, and they may have no idea. Uh, but that's somebody that could be an incredible salesperson. They just need some coaching. They need some training. Uh, they need some leadership. I think I think it's okay to take riders on people like that and take chances. I mean, this kid Wimby. It, I think I guess the question is based on him. But this this kid Wimby coming into the league. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this kid before. Mm. What that does or doesn't mean? Does he get prone to inju inju injuries in a year? Like who knows? Uh, but I, I think something like that. You do whatever you can to get the person in the door. And you got to trust your infrastructure, trust your systems, trust your processes that you can teach, educate, and inform the person you're bringing in to rise to the top in your organization. Did, so I just did like to point out real quick. Uh, get the question? 
Yeah, neither CJ nor Eric actually answered the question. They're just Thank like, yeah, I'm I bet, I bet one of us okay. to win. I'll bet one of us to win. <laughs> but why? You're just talking about something else. You decided I don't want to answer this question. You didn't even I'm discuss the actual situation. It's centered around one person. What are you? How much are you up? willing to give up? Well, well, first of all, they didn't up. give anything up, so it's not even a relevant question. They didn't but give up the anything. Question. They got the lottery. It doesn't make sense. You get, so you, you agree with me? That was no, never. This is what all I'm saying. You, you use your discernment. And, and you you look at and evaluate talent, and then you determine at that time what you're willing to give up. There's no baseline to say, hey, I would be willing to give this up for any talent that I come across. I mean, talent for what? There's multiple pieces to a business, multiple pieces for an organization. Zero. You're, you're evaluating different things about different people. And sometimes so you're agreeing with, with me and people. RJ. Yes. Right. Well, no, look, because RJ just gave somebody a chance. He just gave us this story about, a cold charitable cold. giving for the for the 50 days 50 states 50 whatevers and he's talking to a seller she convinces rj she's so good like eric said she's so good she convinces rj hey i could do a better job doing you than you can do you're absolutely <laughs> right you know that's amazing thing. why don't you why don't you give me a job we, I, listen, I see you on live on YouTube. I don't know what you're getting done over here. Why don't you let me come you in? at the Closers Olympics, so we understand that you don't know what closing is like. But really great closers allow the other person to sell to them. See, I didn't have to do anything. I convinced her that she was closing me. That's what great closers do. You and Eric wouldn't understand. That makes so absolutely no sense. So just, just, so just to clarify, CJ actually's answer is in alignment with ours. So Eric. What are you willing to give up for a person? You say this guy's got excellent potential because that's what you, that's what I heard you say. This guy's got excellent potential, not talent. What are you willing to give up? Well, I'll give it to you this way. They said had the Charlotte Hornets won that pick, it would have increased the net value of that organization by half a billion dollars. So in my eyes, if I gave up anything less than a half a billion dollars and I got that in exchange, I would have made a good deal. So you're a Sixers fan. Are you giving up Embiid? Yes. That's crazy. That dude's going to break. No, I don't know. I don't know that that's crazy. I don't know that's crazy. I'm not a Sixers fan, but Embiid's brought no titles to the organization. He's injury prone. Uh, he hasn't played well with others. Uh, and, and, and this kid, Wimby's younger. Uh, RJ, let's be honest. Do you even know who we're talking about? Like, it, <laughs> I don't think he he, I, there's no way he, he has does. no there's idea. No he, does. he doesn't play hockey, RJ. Bro. Yeah. I just want y'all to know. I know. Ten times. He's not, no, he's not. We're not, not, not talking about Root from Guardians of the Galaxy, man. RJ, what's the most remarkable play you've ever seen Victor make? Fadeaway three. No, he got his own rebound off of fadeaway three and dunked it. Like you, okay. you just just check out, dude. Tap out. Like I'm seeing. Are you really out. going to? You watched YouTube highlights as you know more about this. But Eric, going it's, back to it's the only time it's ever been done in the history of the game. So like, Eric, no going one's back, ever right? just... done that. It's it's a freakish play. He did it in the the just the natural course of a a, a play, and it's 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 the craziest thing anybody's ever seen. You never saw it. Like you're just Water. this is not your this is Water. and you Water. made the comment about the NBA. He didn't even answer the question. He's just <laughs> rambling right yeah, now. Yeah, what are you willing to go? So like. I just I, I answered you, it. I, anything less than a half a billion dollars, and I would give him for your business. It. This is another example business. of you wanting me to close you, RJ. Is this what you want me to <laughs> for do? For your business, right? For like, because like, look, you've got an incredible organization, <laughs> right? Benmont is incredibly talented. I would Before give up. He came over if I had to a Benmont for someone I thought was one point five percent better. If and and listen, everybody in the organization should should have a balance between security of that they're appreciated and respected and also some anxiousness about always being replaced. Did you say 1.5%? Yes. Holy shit, you're a savage, bro. No loyalty. 1%? <laughs> Depends how you factor it. 1.5%. I just want to point out, RJ, he's got a different pizzazz since he interviewed Brent Daniels. I got to check out the view count. <laughs> he, he, you know, he's just moving with a Dude, little he's, different. He's, he's got a he's tan. With he's that got heat. a little. He's standing it's, up. He's, he's got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just he's, he's got a new sign in the back. I don't know what happened to the other one. 
I now, probably now, got talent you know exactly what happened to the other one. <laughs> hey, it, like, let's be real. Shout out to Fifty Shades of Sales over there, RJ. We <laughs> oh we appreciate God. you. Um, hey, hey, before, before you move on, Potter, real quick, I want to give a shout out right here. They've got a comment here in Times Masquerade. I want to get into real estate just to have fun. Those guys seem to be having. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate that's what. That's yeah, why yeah. we do what we do. That's why we do what we do. All right, fantastic. That go round. Um, not gonna lie, my computer apparently uh, caught something from CJ's. My RAM's not working properly, so I'm, <laughs> dude. I'm just I'm floating out here in space right now, so I can't even see the chat. Um, that being said, um, definitely appreciate it, and I'm I'm going with Eric on this one. I know I'm gonna probably catch some heat for that answer. Uh, no, it's not a non-answer, though. I mean, he did answer, actually, ironically enough, like six times. You just didn't like the answer, Steve. And I think right. we actually had a conversation about that earlier Steve admitted today. earlier he can't recognize talent, so it's no surprise that he doesn't think <laughs> I won that round. I was doing so good. And Bro, he- hey, 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 hey. Look, it's between it's between you and Brewer right now. Who knows? Maybe Chris, maybe Chris ends up getting the next question right. Then we got a three way showdown. Like I don't know, it's gonna get wild. All right. <laughs> so next up, question from our audience: When will be the next best time to build if you already own the land? And what are the economic factors to look for in the market to signal that it's a good time to build? Start us off, Eric. I mean, certainly the cost of construction's got to be a, a a major part of that. Um, we have a bunch of parcels of land. Um, some I'm going to give away in Dallas, Fort Worth, because who the hell would ever want to build anything there? Um, <laughs> but a bunch that we have in in Pennsylvania that literally I, I, there's a there's a magic point where I have to be able to establish a blend between interest rates coming down a little bit and the cost of construction um, between labor and materials getting below a certain threshold, or I can't do anything with the land. It just doesn't make sense. Um, so from an investment perspective, I need those two things to get down in order for me to be able to, to do anything uh, with those pieces of land and build. Um, if you're thinking about building a house and you're going to live in it, again, this goes back to, I think, an earlier question. Each person's going to have a different sort of threshold for what they can afford, where they feel safe. Um, so I think you just, you're going to have to either take a leap of faith right now and know that interest rates are higher than they were a year ago. Um, building materials and, and labor from, from what I'm seeing with hiring contractors is, is not getting too much better um, anytime soon. Um, so I, I wish I had better advice for you. You're just going to have to make the decision when you're ready. All right, CJ, what about you? When are you building? Uh, I mean, look, I'm not building at the moment. I've built a lot of houses over the years. Uh, I think it's situation specific, strategy specific. If you're building to build for rent, I think now's a good time to implement that strategy. I think building properties uh, as new construction uh, that have minimal uh, to none, uh, you know, deferred maintenance uh, is a great strategy at the moment. Uh, if you're building like most people though to flip, or you're building to, you know, uh, like in production style, I think you got to be a bit hesitant at the moment, depending on what your pockets are. I think ultimately, I think we could all agree that if you have the the financials to sustain any dip in the market, that you're, the market is always going to increase to a lower point. I don't think we're going to see where if you bought land well, right? Uh, you know, these parcels, Eric Scott, for example, if he bought these at a really strong, great price, uh, you know, say before he would wholesale it or sell it off to somebody else. Uh, look, it's something to evaluate and look at. Construction costs have gotten uh, pretty high over the years, but in recent months, they have started to come back down uh, also, so I think it's just all trackable. It depends on what your strategy is, uh, but I think uh, it just certainly could just depend. Very nice insight, CJ. We appreciate it as always. All right, RJ, what are you doing with uh, those ten parcels that you're trading with uh, Brewer uh, for his five K York, Pennsylvania house? Go smoking. Um, <laughs> it, it, I'm gonna on a <laughs> micro level to this specific person because you're asking the question. Um, I'm going to say you're not going to build, you should sell the land. Um, because clearly this is not something that you're doing on a high level. And right now there's enough people out there that will buy that land from you for you to make profit and move on to something that you're currently, um, actively doing probably in your business, um, on a, on a larger scale, if if this is just like a generic question, um, I'm going to say that. You should probably do it now because I don't see construction materials coming down. I don't see the labor coming down. 
Um, I don't see anything getting better than it is right now moving forward in the future. So you better get it built so you can get it sold. All right. All right. Two two answers on, on one question. Impressive, RJ. All right, Steve. Even what about you? Eric giving all day. <laughs> uh, so I, I would look at two different pieces of data. They're not quite economic data, uh, but the two pieces of data I would look at is there's a guy that we got a chance to meet, Bruce Norris at Collective Genius. And this guy, all he does is time land. That's all he does. And he's bought a lot of good land at the bottom of the market and sold it at the top of the market. I would very closely follow Bruce Norris. Uh, he's out in California. And then we got Frank Cava, someone else, you know, we met through, C I met through CG and the guy cut his teeth in new builds. Right. And he said the new builds, the, the builders track one very specific data point and it's foot traffic. The day foot traffic slows down, is the day they stop buying land and building. So I would just pay very close attention to what the builders are doing because the builders have more data than anybody else. So you could look at all the economic data, the recession, what the banks are saying, the news, what we're talking about on this show. If you're looking to build and develop land, I would pay attention to what the builders are doing and check out Bruce Norris down in, uh, in Southern California. Anyone ever notice how many times Steve just quotes other people? Like, yeah, does he ever educated. actually have like an opinion for himself? <laughs> because I'm educated, you wouldn't understand. Just, oh. This is what happens when you're a podcast host that doesn't actually add anything mm. to the podcast. You just read a script the whole time. You just quote other people. <laughs> yeah. You can go with RJ's answer about build now with and just willy nilly, willy nilly this, or sell it. You can Clearly, you don't know what to do. Sell land. Willy nilly. Yeah. The, so, we, we got nothing else to add like no more discussion on it that's you that's what we're gonna go with nilly. willy nilly uh, um no. ttp man ttp t in envy indeed ttp give me the, give me the title <laughs> potter give me my belt it's so over. it it pains me to do this steve <laughs> <laughs> no it, it really honestly does pay, pay me to do this as we all know I'm going to give that one to RJ. Like he draw he dropped two actually thought out answers. Um I'm yeah. not saying that Steve I'm not saying that Steve's answer wasn't good. Um you know, Brewer honorable mention, CJ started to warm up the crowd. But we're good there. But I mean, RJ makes a valid point on a micro and macro. So, he is the winner this week. Hopefully we have a better showing next week from our panelists. We we really do. Um real quick before we go ahead and do outros, I did want to go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsor. We have Tony Javier with 10X TV. That is tvwithtony.com. If you are looking to get into the TV advertising space, certainly reach out to them um, and go ahead and explore those options. First off, we're going to hear from our champion this week rj go ahead and send us out with your 50 50 50 yeah what an amazing show it always is when i win i mean just top notch uh eric appreciate you coming in with all the energy today um cj good job not ever saying affordable housing bro that's that was amazing um yeah, check out uh, us live on uh, YouTube over there. Cassie's, I see her. She's uh, dialing away. Um, we are up to, I believe, in 15 days, 55 <laughs> contracts sent and 35 signed. So check us out. 50 deals, 50 states, 50 days. And then also don't forget to tune into RJ's podcast, Let's Get This Bread. Go ahead and check that one out. <laughs> All right, Steve, what about you? Say hi to, Say bye to the people. Grand Real Estate Disruptors. I had a fun time hanging out with three of my friends. Uh, and the show is brought to you by FireMatthewPotter.com. <laughs> it's HireMatthewPotter.com. Clearly. HireMatthewPotter.com. Clearly somebody didn't come correct on this. All right. Brewer, say bye to the people. Yeah, I appreciate. Uh, you know, I look forward to Thursdays, um, even the days that I have to be here. Um, <laughs> and, uh <laughs> I don't know how you gave that last one to RJ. He actually called the person that asked the question stupid. He said, clearly this person's not at a high level. 
Um, I mean, that's just not how we want to treat people. So, um, Unless clear example of a toxic Shout out leader, to my but, bank account. Um, Eric, I saw that you asked the question in the private chat. That's why I answered that. Oh, all right. Now it makes more sense. But, no, nah, man, I had a good time. I, I, I enjoy the opportunity to chop it up here um, and spend time with these guys and um, make light of, you know, some important topics and take pot shots at each other. But I think it's all love and everybody respects each other. Um, everybody here does a really good job and I'm just thankful to be here. So. Absolutely. We're happy to have you back, Brewer. Um, you know, it was good. It was good to see the top of your head today. We really appreciate it. Uh, CJ, go ahead and say bye to the, bye to the people. Uh, always a good time. Uh, pot, I'm gonna hit you sidebar. Uh, we need to, we need to chat. Uh, yes, we hand do. On, hand on the shoulder, you know, type conversation. <laughs> Respect. Uh, down to Phoenix. Respect and respectfully, respectfully. <laughs> uh, RJ, um, I, I've been distracted. Maybe my answers weren't good today, Potter. I just, I'm extremely distracted by this wood paneling. It's triggering. It's triggering. It, it just, it just, it takes me back to a place I've long forgotten. Um, <laughs> Eric, always good to see you. Steve, you as well. Steve, we'll catch up. Uh, to everybody watching, much love. Uh, enjoy your Thursday, man. See you guys next week. Absolutely. It was great. It was great to have uh, have the gang back uh, today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. As always, we appreciate your support. Like, comment. You can subscribe. Go ahead and share with your friends. Uh, until next time, we'll see you later.